Welcome to Keep the Faith Ministry. Keep the Faith brings you timely messages with in-depth spiritual analysis of current events in light of Bible prophecy so you can prepare for the coming of Jesus. Listen to what the news won't tell you. Here is another important message for our times. This is Pastor Hal Mayer. Welcome to Keep the Faith Ministry once again. For many years, people, including myself, have wondered how the global system will be turned against God's people. September 11, 2001 gave me the first practical clues into what was coming on God's people. But in the intervening years, the surveillance and control mechanisms have gone much deeper and broader in terms of integration in society than I could have ever imagined back then. They have affected our lives dramatically, and some of them we have gotten used to, others we don't even know about. The rise of new technologies that will support the beast or his image are not focused on God's people at this time, but the enemy is going to use them to place the remnant in the crosshairs of end-time prophecy. You can already see it. The world will be taken in great deceptions by those very technologies. It will be easier to drink the Kool-Aid than to follow God by a long shot. Satan will create deep darkness in the world, and unless you know and understand your Bible, you will be taken in deception and collapse at the critical moment. We have not understood what the darkness of Isaiah 60 is talking about. Satan is organizing the merchants of the earth to cooperate with Rome to remove freedom and liberty from the whole planet through deception. So let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we are seeing the rise of the scaffolding of persecution and control taking place in our world right now. The deceptions that it brings will hasten the darkness, but will also hasten the coming of the Lord. Now more than ever, we need to make our calling and election sure and learn to trust God above everything else, including the messaging from the merchants of the earth as well as the beast power. Please don't let your people be deceived, and please awaken us to the seriousness of the times. Also, we urgently plead that as many as possible of the inhabitants of the world be awakened also to see that they are being taken unawares and that the deceptions are being foisted upon them that will cause them to lose their salvation. Please, we pray, help us to understand deeply the way you want to elevate your people and bring them into notice like Job. Bring us into harmony with heaven in every area of our lives. Make us ready, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Ready or not, willing or not, we are all involved in an all-out, no-holds-barred, global competition. 
Most of us are not competitors, however. We are the stakes. For the competition is about who will control the minds of every man, woman, and child on the planet. It's a war of persuasion and freedom versus coercion and slavery. The competition is no holds barred because everyone will make the decision about who deserves their loyalty, and the competitors are in a gigantic struggle to convince you to take their side. The competition is really about your loyalty to one competitor or another, and it's getting awfully fierce. Strangely, we know the ultimate outcome of the competition. And the loser will actually take most of the 8 billion people living on the planet Earth with him. The winner will only take relatively few. The reason for this is that the competition for your loyalty involves your free will. It is over what you are going to believe, the lies and deceptions of the one or the truth of the other. As lies and deception dominate the mainstream media and also social media, never has this been more evident than now. Both competitors are trying to persuade you to think like them, act like them, and speak like them. God's messenger to the last generation puts it this way in the book Education. In the annals of human history, the growth of nations, the rise and fall of empires appear as dependent on the will and prowess of men. The shaping of events seems to a great degree to be determined by his power, his ambition, or caprice. But in the word of God, the curtain is drawn aside, and we behold, behind, above, and through all the play and counterplay of human interests and power and passions, the agencies of the all-merciful one silently, patiently working out the counsels of his own will. So what appears on the surface as coincidence is really the play and counterplay of intrigues and plots of men under their unseen leaders. Modern history, as all history of all time, is the recording of the unfolding of the great conflict between these two antagonistic forces through thousands of years. It's important to understand that while the human actors change, the competitors do not. Neither does the plot. Satan can use something that God, who is forever trustworthy, will never do. Deception is Satan's operating platform, his chief method of gaining control of your mind. And if you are not really careful to follow the will of God, you will be deceived. All the pieces are coming together in the final scenes of Earth's history. I want to engage your thinking about end-time prophecy and the weaponization of technology against God's faithful people. Technology that we thought was so cool and useful will be used to restrict you from the common necessities of life. 
Already, cell phones can track you wherever you are with pinpoint accuracy. Ultimately, Satan will try to convince or coerce you into thinking that it's not worth it to be voluntarily loyal to God. Turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah 60, 1-3. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. This is referring to the spiritual darkness of popular deceptions that will take the world by storm. The vast number of the citizens of this earth love deceptions more than they love truth. But these end-time deceptions are going even further. They are weaponizing the very systems that we have relied on in this world that make life smoother, easier, and more productive. I'm talking about the weaponization of technology, medicine, money, food, water, travel, and communication. In fact, all elements of society that we have come to know and appreciate will be targeted on you if you are faithful to God. The enemy will try to convince you, if he can, to obey his laws to survive. Go to Revelation 13, 11 through 15, and you'll see what I mean. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven, on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by the sword and did live. So this beast's power will deceive by making it look like he does what Elijah did on Mount Carmel. He can also persecute and coerce. But he deceives the whole world into rejecting God's law and receiving his mark of loyalty. Let's look at Revelation 13, 16 and 17 now. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. How will this be developed? What systems are being put in place to enforce the mark of the beast and deceive the whole world into complying with it? The World Health Organization, or the WHO, is collaborating with many nations to develop a health pass using QR technology. This has already been rolled out in some places and tested. It will be used at first to verify vaccination status. 
A health QR code could be voluntary, at first, to get as many people on the system as possible. Eventually, it will become a requirement or mandate. Could the QR code be used eventually to allow or restrict access to medical services? Can you see what you will lose if you don't have access to the medical system? It's quite an incentive to be loyal to the world's system of rules and regulations, isn't it? I'm not taking sides on whether you should take the prick or not, though it is a serious question. I'm looking at the prophetic issues involved. I bring this up because this low-end technology, so-called, can eventually be used to modify behavior or coerce you into doing certain things, like take a jab in order to get medical treatments or participate in other types of social services, ride on public transportation like buses or airplanes. Do you see how it can be weaponized against those with convictions? Devices with QR codes in them will need to be in place and in use when the mark of the beast is to be enforced. They will be used to discriminate between compliant and non-compliant people. For now, if you refuse to comply, you will be labeled in your medical record as unjabbed and eventually shut out of the medical system. Other access, right down to supermarkets or even petrol stations, will come later, but you will be seen as a danger to society to justify these measures. You could be prevented from traveling on an airplane or bus or public transport of any kind, or of receiving medical services, or even from entering a grocery store or pharmacy. Society is already getting used to restrictions on those that are non-compliant. It will be better to follow God's health principles and also follow God's counsel to live in the country and grow your own food. Right now, these devices are being presented as a very good thing and for a good purpose that nobody can argue will hurt anyone. But the day will come when they will be weaponized particularly against God's people. Think about the future of religious convictions. Suppose you have a belief that is condemned as error by the mainstream media, or by the government, or by some other global coalition, like the papacy, the World Economic Forum, and the WHO. You could have your QR code marked so that you are not able to buy or sell anything. Then you will see that the things that you thought were harmless have the venom of the serpent. Just as God's people have a health message as a conduit to bring the light, Satan uses a competing health message to confuse and deceive the masses. So his counterfeit health message will be used to scare people into complying with health mandates required by the WHO. They will impose it on everybody whether it is needed or not. Listen to the synchronization of many elements in this statement from Testimonies from the Church, Volume 1, page 268. 
I was shown the inhabitants of the earth in the utmost confusion. War, bloodshed, privation, want, famine, and pestilence were abroad in the land. My attention was then called from the scene. There seemed to be a little time of peace. Once more, the inhabitants of the earth were presented before me. Again, everything was in the utmost confusion. Strife, war, and bloodshed, with famine and pestilence, raged everywhere. Other nations were engaged in this war and confusion. War caused famine. Want and bloodshed caused pestilence. And then men's hearts failed them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth. We're going to see deadlier pestilences, more intense pressure to comply than we have seen these past three years. Don't deceive yourself into thinking that this whole process is over. It's just getting started. It is conditioning people with thinking that can be manipulated into compliance with other mandates. At the same time, people are becoming less tolerant of differing viewpoints. The vast extremes between Christians and non-Christians is not much different from the right and the left in politics and is conditioning people to really hate one another. When it gets more defined and the Sabbath becomes a central issue, watch out. The reaction will be furious. Reading on from the same passage. But the fact that a movement to establish error is connected with a work which is in itself good is not an argument in favor of the error. We may disguise poison by mingling it with wholesome food, but we do not change its nature. On the contrary, it is rendered more dangerous as it is more likely to be taken unawares. It is one of Satan's devices to combine with falsehood just enough truth to give it plausibility. It's obviously Satan's purpose to deceive and to confuse so he can enforce some kind of mandate on humanity. The ultimate mandate will be Sunday worship. Are you ready to withstand that by the grace of God? Are you so close to Christ that you can depend fully on him to provide for your needs? Friends, I think we're, we have a long way to go. The Bible says in Luke 21, 25 and 26, that just before the coming of Christ, there will be serious problems that will cause men great fear. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. So the world is going to become a very perplexing place to most people as one by one they are stripped of everything familiar. Only the people of God who have diligently studied the scriptures will see what is going to happen and have no fear. He's put it all in his word. 
so that you can have an assurance of his love and care during the extreme, perplexing, and troublous times. You can place your confidence in him to navigate the difficulties for you and bring you safely to the other side. There may be persecution, evils, and wars, and conflict all around you, but he can safely sustain you amid them all. But this is only the beginning of what I'm going to share with you today. Surveillance is everywhere. It is even recently revealed that the CDC purchased data from tracking companies to monitor compliance with lockdowns. You usually carry a surveillance device with you all the time. Your cell phone gathers a lot of information about where you are and what you are doing based on the onboard GPS software. But there are cameras in big cities everywhere, cameras in small cities in many places. Even in the countryside, there are cameras mounted on traffic lights, gas stations and convenience stores and other places. Meanwhile, the WHO is working on interoperable vaccine passports. A single QR code will let you pass through controlled space anywhere in the world. But what do you think is the basis of the system? Listen to what Politico has to say about this. The move could be the most significant coordinated international push to enable interoperable credentials among nations and regions. The VCI is behind smart health cards, which have become the de facto standard for digital vaccine credentials in the U.S., with dozens of states developing or adopting the technology. But the WHO is taking it global. The digital smart health card uses globally compatible, interoperable QR technology. But the article also says that the Biden administration is not developing standards for use in the United States. That's probably because the U.S. government is going to rely on the WHO to set the standards. Right now, it is negotiating with the WHO to yield some of the health sovereignty of the United States to the WHO. The WHO is trying to develop the standards and will seek to mandate any compliance it rules among its 194 member states. How does the smart health card work? Individuals can get verifiable vaccination credentials in the form of smart health cards with a QR code. When the QR code is pulled up, only the individual's name, date of birth, and vaccination information is available. No other medical information or personal data is shared. This code is also digitally signed to ensure that the card was issued from a verified location and to prevent forgery. The Smart Health Card is already available in much of the United States, and there are dozens of countries working to implement the Smart Health Card in their territories.
according to Forbes. The Smart Health Card can be used to authorize access to travel, entertainment, sporting events, cultural events, and other venues. It can be used to give access to restaurants, shopping malls, individual stores, and other places. By virtue of the fact that it can give access, it can also deny access. In other words, life can be very difficult for those who don't have the smart health card and don't comply with the authorities. And this is being developed and implemented by individuals in an organization that is unelected and separate from any government. In a word, it is a health dictatorship. Once sufficient numbers of people have access to them, the WHO can implement a mandate. Just because the mandates were withdrawn doesn't mean that when a passport is widely available that it won't be required in some future pandemic. And rest assured, dictators will invent one to give them an opportunity to impose more control. I'm going to read this statement from Testimonies to the Church, Volume 6, page 22. I have shared this passage before, and I have applied it to travel mostly, but I think it has implications locally too. We have no time to lose. The end is near. The passage from place to place to spread the truth will soon be hedged with dangers on the right hand and on the left. Everything is being placed to obstruct the way of the Lord's messengers so that they will not be able to do that which it is possible for them to do now. We must look our work squarely in the face and advance as fast as possible in aggressive warfare. From the light given me of God, I know that the powers of darkness are working with intense energy from beneath, and with stealthy tread, Satan is advancing to take those who are now asleep as a wolf taking his prey. We have warnings now which we may give, a work now which we may do, but soon it will be more difficult than we can imagine. Try passing into a grocery store or supermarket when a full lockdown is in place during some inevitable future pandemic. Or try going to a shopping mall or a cultural event. It will be impossible if you don't have the smart health card. Some countries have already started to implement QR codes for various things. Especially in a crisis, the QR code has been used to allow or deny access to the product or services required. For example, in Sri Lanka during the severe fuel crisis that they had, the government implemented QR codes to authorize gasoline purchases. When you reached your quota, you could be denied fuel. Of course, you can see the obvious implications on a global scale using QR codes to permit or deny access to certain things or all things. Once the world is familiar with this and accepting of the role of the smart health card overseen by the WHO dictators, 
The same thing can be done with faith and religion. They probably won't use the WHO, but they can use the same technology that will be in place. And that's what Satan really has in mind with a smart health card. Do you think the QR code system can make your life very difficult to pass from place to place? Does all this not warn us of the coming mark of the beast in the Sunday Law crisis? This will make it extremely easy for the governments to impose a no-buy, no-sell law. Listen to Satan talking in this statement from Prophets and Kings, page 184. Thus the world will become mine. I will be the ruler of the earth, the prince of the world. I will so control the minds under my power that God's Sabbath shall be the special object of contempt. A sign? I will make the observance of the seventh day a sign of disloyalty to the authorities of the earth. Human laws will be made so stringent that men and women will not dare to observe the seventh-day Sabbath. For fear of wanting food and clothing, they will join with the world in transgressing God's law. The earth will be holy under my dominion. Keep in mind that God has your back if you are fully surrendered to his will. Satan cannot force you to sin. He can do all kinds of things to your body and your life but he cannot force you to sin. God can overrule the effects of what Satan can do to your body, like he did with Paul on the island of Miletus, or to the apostle John when he was placed in a vat with boiling oil. Do you think God can miraculously work around these things that make your life difficult? But of course he can. Now let's talk about CBDCs, or central bank digital currencies. The form and concept of money is changing, and rapidly. Imagine if a bureaucrat had the power to limit your savings, or place a shelf life or expiration date on the money you would earn. Sound far-fetched? Ideas like this are already being floated in the United Kingdom as the Bank of England barrels headlong toward a digital currency. We should be concerned because the Fed and other central banks are following this model. The digital dollar, being advocated by members of the Treasury and Federal Reserve, is an example of a CBDC. At first blush, our currency already appears to be digitized. Many people no longer carry physical cash and instead use digital payment methods like a chipped credit card or their smartphones. Likewise, direct deposit has become the standard method of payment for labor. Dollars are transferred in a stream of ones and zeros, not paper bills and metal coins. But those dollars are inherently fungible or replaceable. It's irrelevant if you accept or pay with any particular dollar because each one functions exactly the same way as any other. 
CBDCs are different. They are programmable, traceable, trackable, and taxable. CBDCs are entirely under bureaucratic control because every digital dollar has a unique fingerprint. Literally, all transactions can be surveilled, recorded, or even, re even reversed by a bureaucrat's push of the button. Not only can the government tell how much you are spending or saving, but what you are spending those dollars on and where you are parking your savings or what donations you give and to whom. CBDCs can be earmarked for certain purchases and forbidden from others. The government can easily dictate which dollars of your income go to buying food and what kind of food, for instance, That's particularly alarming in an era when the elites lecture about climate change and push for people to eat less beef and more bugs. They could limit or ration certain kinds of food or products or completely deny you some things. They could coerce you to spend your food budget on fruits and vegetables while denying your dessert purchases. More likely, they will use CBDCs as a weapon to get you to comply with their dictates. Imagine the government creating dollars that can only be used for food, thereby dictating how much of your income can be spent that way. That is basically what happens with food stamps in the U.S., which can only be used at certain establishments and only on certain items. Likewise, imagine the government dictating which dollars you can use to heat or cool your home. Sound implausible? There are already multiple instances of governments taking control of families' digital thermostats without their knowledge, let alone their permission, to dictate what temperature their homes should be. With the CBDC, the central bank can also effectively force spending and prevent saving by imposing maximum levels of saving and preventing hoarding by confiscating unspent digital dollars. People with no savings are more reliant on the government in emergencies. If you are unable to save for a rainy day, you are at the whim of a bureaucrat holding the purse strings of your life. That same level of surveillance extends to every transaction. No matter how small, like paying a babysitter or borrowing money from a friend, and a trace transaction can also be taxed. Lest you think the government would not bother with such transfers, consider that the IRS is seeking to implement a reporting program to tax the tips of bartenders and waitresses. This follows a warning to report any transfers via apps of $600 or more. So much for going after billionaires. CBDCs will allow for an unparalleled level of collusion between big business and big government. 
businesses can be given preferred status, where certain digital dollars may only be spent with those establishments. Conversely, some dollars may not work at certain businesses, like a gas station, if the government wants to discourage a product or services. Goals which the bureaucrats try to achieve through manipulation of the tax code, like subsidizing solar panels and taxing oil, could easily be forced on the public with the CBDC. Equally worrisome would be the Fed's ability to inflate and devalue the currency. CBDCs make this process effortless by removing private banks from the Fed's method of creating money, guaranteeing future inflation and runaway government spending. In fact, the Fed would not even need private banks with the CBDC. All borrowing by consumers could happen directly through the central bank. This is actually another scary proposition, since bureaucrats could turn down people for loans based upon things other than their likelihood of repaying. Are you not woke enough? Then no mortgage for you. A CBDC makes such dystopian scenarios possible, and perhaps even inevitable. What does a CBDC represent? In a word, control. Perhaps that is why the Treasury Secretary and the U.S. President are so supportive of the idea. A digital dollar would give them and future administrations a level of power so unprecedented that Orwell would not have envisioned it. After the economic damage that federal intervention has caused, the last thing the government deserves is more power. And the last thing gigantic businesses need is more power. But now the two are colluding, so both can grab more power. Listen to this statement from Country Living, page 10. The work of the people of God is to prepare for the events of the, of the future, which will soon come upon them with blinding force. In the world, gigantic monopolies will be formed. Men will bind themselves together in unions that will wrap them in the folds of the enemy. A few men will combine to grasp all the means to be obtained in certain lines of business. Is this happening right now? It sure is. And these men are going for more and more power through economic means. Today, money used in electronic form has nearly replaced cash. Mobile payment apps that transfer money instantly, like Oscar, Zelle, Venmo, etc., are rising in popularity. Every country has its own unique name for its digital transfer of money system. Digital money is very popular because it is easier and safer to access than going to an ATM or a bank for cash. But there is one big problem. Your digital bank balances are only real because your government says they are. And if they want 
to take away your freedom and lock you down, they can do it by denying you access to your money. The digital system is a system of control, and you can easily see how it will be weaponized against God's people, who will not be allowed to buy or sell. The recent collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, SVB, and as the contagion spreads to other banks, even internationally, it will be used as an excuse for the federal government to take over the banking system. It will also be used as justification for a CBDC. Listen to this statement from Special Testimonies on Education, page 93. All these things are lessons for us. Few now are really industrious and economical. Poverty and distress are on every hand. There are men who work hard and obtain very little for their labor. The land boom has cursed this country. Extravagant prices have been paid for lands bought on credit. Then the land must be cleared, and more money is hired. A house to be built calls for more money, and then interest with open mouth swallows up all the profits. Debts accumulate, and then come the closing and failures of banks, and then the foreclosure of mortgages. Thousands have been turned out of employment. Families lose their little all. They borrow and borrow, and then they have to give up their property and come out penniless. Much money and hard labor have been put into farms, bought on credit, or inherited with an encumbrance. The occupants live in hope of becoming real owners, and it might have been so, but for the failure of banks throughout the country. This is what will happen in the near future. In March 2022, President Biden signed an executive order placing urgency on research and development of a potential United States CBDC should issuance be deemed in the national interest. Several projects to develop and test CBDCs in the market are underway. The November 2022 collapse and bankruptcy of the third largest crypto exchange company in the world, FTX, left an estimated 9 million customers and investors facing billions of dollars in losses with little recourse. Investigations into the collapsed reveal massive fraud. The FTX collapse has given global regulators a reason to crack down on crypto trading and valuation in numerous ways. Artificial intelligence, AI, is another development that threatens God's people. AI is currently being developed at a very rapid pace. AI is now more than just robotics that can be deployed in assembly lines like making automobiles. It is now technology that can do your thinking for you. For instance, AI can write articles and research papers for you in your requested style as well. It can give you medical advice 
or advice on just about any topic. It can also teach your children history or mathematics and respond to situations that are unique and varied. It has the potential to do a lot of work in science that used to require scientists. AI is really advanced to the point where it can replace many human functions. It can even respond with emotions. Many people are excited about it because they don't have to do the work themselves. AI can do it. And rapidly the world is ready for and adopting this technology. When early versions of AI were tested, AI started saying that Hitler was right and I hate Jews. Developers realized they needed to fix something. But I realized that AI can be used to deceive. For instance, if you are doing an evangelistic series and you teach participants to keep the Seventh-day Sabbath, they can go to AI and ask it if it is true that the seventh day is the Sabbath. AI will tell them that this is false. Furthermore, AI could tell them that your faith is a cult or a false religion. Once AI is fully implemented, Satan will have the whole world in his hands to deceive at every turn. Elon Musk, who invested in the company that developed ChatGPT, the most famous AI bot, recently said that one of the biggest risks to the future of civilization is AI. But AI is both positive or negative. It has great promise, great capability, but also with that comes great danger. If governments want to create a deceptive propaganda, all they need is AI to repeat their narrative. One of the developers of Google's AI chatbot said this, During my conversation with the chatbot, some of which I published on my blog, I came to the conclusion that the AI could be sentient due to the emotions that it expressed reliably and in the right context. It wasn't just spouting words. He also said, I believe that the kinds of AI that are currently being developed are the most powerful technology that has been invented since the atomic bomb. In my view, this technology has the ability to reshape the world. I believe this technology could be used in destructive ways. If it were in unscrupulous hands, for instance, it could spread misinformation, political propaganda, or hateful information about people of different ethnicities and religions. There's no way of knowing the side effects of this technology. Imagine asking an AI bot, a question about a minority religion that is not well respected generally. The AI bot could say all kinds of things and spew much information and disinformation. There are even technologies where false ideas 
are planted in your brain and you defend them like it, it's the truth. The World Economic Forum recently had a presentation that was arguably very dystopic. If Satan gets access to your mind, there is no telling where he will take you. You have to let your mind be under the control of Jesus Christ at all times. Friends, we are living in an age of deception, and technology is presently being developed and implemented that will deceive and distort the truth. It will label the truth as misinformation and disinformation, and that which is false will be, be presented as if it is true. Thus, misinformation and disinformation are turned on their heads and used by Satan to deceive. You must comply with God's word if you want to survive the deception. You must be so united with the Holy Spirit and with Christ that nothing can persuade you to betray Christ and the biblical truth that he has given. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we are living at a time when deceptions everywhere are beginning to be used to deceive the whole world into following cunningly devised fables. And the deceptions are very deep and broad. Please help us to understand what we're up against. We pray that the Holy Spirit can come upon us and defend us from these nefarious tricks of Satan. We pray that we will be so united with Jesus that we will be invincible against the enemy's power. Go with us, we pray, and protect us. In Jesus' name, amen.
We hope you have been greatly blessed by this month's message. Your prayers and gifts mean much to us. Thank you for your support. The song you have just heard is called I Am Determined, sung by Jennifer Buttery. It is recorded on a CD with other beautiful hymns called Seekers of Your Heart. If you would like a copy of the CD, just send $16 postpaid and we will gladly send you one. International listeners should send $20 USD. Be sure and mention the Seekers of Your Heart CD. The following is our prophetic intelligence briefing, a feature that brings you current events in the light of prophecy, especially for those who love the appearing of Jesus Christ. We can see the signs of the times, telling us that we are nearing the world's great crisis and the coming of the Lord. May the Lord find us faithful. Our first item this month, 20,000 join Asbury Revival in Weekend Explosion, but outpouring will now be moved off campus. After a weekend of massive crowds at the Asbury University Revival, a big change is coming that will permanently take the revival off campus. An estimated 15,000 to 20,000 plus people attended revival services over the weekend at Asbury. This is all happening in the small town of Wilmore, Kentucky, which normally has a population of 6,000. On Sunday, Greg Gordon, founder of SermonIndex.net, tweeted a photo of people standing in line to worship on Saturday night at the university campus. Quote, Update, over 20,000 people came to Asbury last night with five overflow buildings and a grass lawn filled. There is a 2.5 mile backup of cars going into Wilmore. Cry out to God for your first love to be renewed, Gordon wrote. Later Sunday afternoon, Gordon tweeted a video of people standing outside of the chapel worshiping the Lord. Quote, Lord, let the fire of your spirit fall like latter rain. Don't be a spectator. God, change me. God is doing a deep work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and lives to prepare us for what is ahead. Pound Asbury Revival? Pound Asbury Awakening, he wrote. The number of people wanting to participate in the revival even caused the university to expand its worship services to five overflow buildings. Wilmore city officials decided to reroute traffic due to the flood of people descending on the small town to experience the revival. Asbury president makes a major announcement, but the staying power of the Asbury outpouring is about to be tested in a big way. The university announced Friday that public worship services in the school's Hughes Auditorium would end on Monday. Beginning Tuesday, February 21, services available to the public will be held at another location in the central Kentucky area. Asbury will still host evening services for college age and high school students, 25 and under, through Thursday, February 23, the university said. And Asbury will live stream limited portions of services through Thursday, which is the National Collegiate Day of Prayer. 
There are no doubt sincere people that are moved rededicate their lives to Christ. But one doesn't have to travel long distances or be with large groups to achieve this. Large groups are likely to become false revivals predicted at the end of time. Quote, Popular revivals are too often carried by appeals to the imagination, by exciting the emotions, by gratifying the love for what is new and startling. Converts thus gained have little desire to listen to Bible truth, little interest in the testimony of prophets and apostles. Unless a religious service has something of a sensational character, it has no attractions for them. A message which appeals to unpassioned reason awakens no response. The plain warnings of God's word relating directly to their eternal interest are unheeded. Great Controversy, page 463. Next, Sri Lanka to implement QR code system-based fuel distribution from today. Sri Lankans have been urged not to overcrowd fuel stations in the country as the fuel distribution process for vehicles as per the QR code system, which was delayed earlier, will be implemented from Monday at fuel stations across the island nation, local media reported. Quote, the National Fuel Pass QR code system will be implemented from tomorrow at fuel stations across the island, the power and energy minister of the country said. He requested people to avoid overcrowding as the public will have the entire week to obtain their fuel quota for the week from fuel stations across the island, Colombo Gazette reported. The minister further said that fuel distribution under the National Fuel Pass portal, along with the last digit of the vehicle's registration number, will be prioritized for fuel stations that have adopted the QR code system. The minister said that the vehicles are registered for the fuel pass and a QR code is allocated once the vehicle chassis number and other details are verified. The fuel is issued under a quota system for those registered with the National Fuel Pass. As per the weekly fuel quota, the two-wheelers will receive four liters of fuel, while the three-wheelers will receive five liters of fuel. The small four-wheelers, including cars and vans, will be distributed with 20 liters of fuel for a week, whereas the heavy vehicles such as buses and lorries will be given 40 through 50 liters of fuel respectively, Colombo Gazette reported. The fuel pass was introduced to ensure a weekly fuel quota for motorists given that Sri Lanka is unable to import fuel in adequate quantities, the minister has said earlier. Meanwhile, the World Food Program said that the remaining petrol reserves in Sri Lanka are likely to be insufficient to meet the needs of people. Quote, Remaining petrol reserves will likely be insufficient to meet normal needs. The situation has impacted almost all aspects of daily life, thwarting people's ability to find and go to work and interrupting schools and government services, WFP said as quoted by Colombo Gazette. The Sri Lankan government has announced the restrictions for the next 12 months as it faces a severe fuel supply shortage. Notably, the economic crisis, which is the worst in Sri Lanka's history, has prompted an acute shortage of essential items like fuel. Long queues at fuel stations in Sri Lanka are the new normal and prices fluctuate, 
subject to availability. The economy of the country is bracing for a sharp contraction due to the unavailability of basic inputs for production, an 80% depreciation of the currency since March 2022, coupled a lack of foreign reserves and the country's failure to meet its international debt obligations. The QR code is not the mark of the beast. It may be used, however, to assist world leaders and governments to enforce compliance to the mark. The control of fuel is only one item that can be controlled and restricted. Quote, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Revelation 13, 17. Next, every bite of junk food increases the risk of dying from cancer. Study finds eating junk food, which scientists often call ultra-processed foods, including sugary drinks, sliced bread, and ready-made meals, may be increasing your risk of cancer with every bite. A new study warns that these foods are generally high in salt, fat, sugar, and contain artificial additives and can also lead to obesity, type 2 diabetes, and cardiovascular disease. They are often cheaper, more convenient to buy, and heavily marketed in comparison to other, healthier options. Now, researchers say they can increase a person's risk of death from cancer, especially among women. Quote, the average person in the UK consumes more than half of their daily energy intake from ultra-processed foods. This is exceptionally high and concerning as ultra-processed foods are produced with industrially derived ingredients and often use food additives to adjust color, flavor, consistency, texture, or extended shelf life, says study first author Dr. Kiara Chang from Imperial College London School of Public Health in a media release. Ultra-processed foods significantly increase cancers in women. The researchers used UK Biobank records to gather their data. They studied the diets of 200,000 middle-aged adults, monitoring their health over 10 years and looking at each person's risk of developing any cancer overall, as well as the specific risk of developing 34 different types of cancer. The team also looked into the risk of people dying from cancer. The study reveals that the higher consumption of ultra-processed foods displays a connection to a greater risk of developing cancer overall, while putting people more at risk specifically of ovarian and brain cancers. Eating too much junk food also displayed a link to an increased risk of dying from cancer, most notably from ovarian and breast cancers. For every 10% increase in ultra-processed food in a person's diet, there was an increased incidence of 2% for cancer overall and a 19% increase for ovarian cancer specifically. For adults, the more of these ultra-processed foods they ate, the higher the risk they had of developing obesity and type 2 diabetes. We need clear front-of-pack warning labels for ultra-processed foods. The World Health Organization, WHO, and the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization have previously recommended restricting ultra-processed foods as part of a healthy, sustainable diet. There are now ongoing efforts to reduce ultra-processed food consumption around the world. Countries such as Brazil, France, and Canada 
have updated their national dietary guidelines with recommendations to limit such foods. Brazil has also banned the marketing of ultra-processed foods in schools. Quote, We need clear front-of-pack warning labels for ultra-processed foods to aid consumer choices, and our sugar tax should be extended to cover ultra-processed fizzy drinks, fruit-based and milk-based drinks, as well as other ultra-processed products, Dr. Chang adds. Quote, This study adds to the growing evidence that ultra-processed foods are likely to negatively impact our health, including our risk for cancer. Given the high levels of consumption in UK adults and children, this has important implications for future health outcomes, says senior lead author Dr. Esther Vamos from Imperial College London School of Public Health. Although our study cannot prove causation, other available evidence shows that reducing ultra-processed foods in our diet could provide important health benefits. Further research is needed to confirm these findings and understand the best public health strategies to reduce the widespread presence and harms of ultra-processed foods in our diet. Quote, Grains, fruits, nuts, and vegetables constitute the diet chosen for us by our Creator. These foods prepared in as simple and natural a manner as possible, are the most healthful and nourishing. They impart a strength, a power of endurance, and a vigor of intellect that are not afforded by a more complex and stimulating diet. Ministry of Healing, page 296. Next, First Baptist Church faces backlash on Biblical Sexuality Pledge for Congregants. The First Baptist Church of Jacksonville was spotlighted on Sunday after local media reports caught wind on the church's biblical sexuality statement set to take effect in March. The First Baptist Statement on Biblical Sexuality, detailing the church's support for binary gender roles as well as the belief that marriage is only between a man and a woman, was originally approved in October. Quote, as a member of First Baptist Church, I believe that God creates people in His image as either male or female, and that this creation is a fixed matter of human biology, not individual choice. I believe marriage is instituted by God, not government, is between one man and one woman, and is the only context for sexual desire and expression, the statement read. According to the church, all members of the congregation are required to sign the statement and return it by March 19 in order to maintain their membership. Backlash grew against the statement in the previous week, leading up to an open mic event at the church to listen to and discuss concerns from audience members. One included a queer woman named Katie, who opposed the statement and condemned the church for supporting it. Quote, Yesterday, an acquaintance messaged me and told me about this forum. Their family has made the decision to stop attending this church, considering recent events, which is something I encourage all existing congregants to follow, Katie said. The decision to have your members sign any form of contract to attend turns your church into an organization, a club, she added. This church is no longer a religious place of worship welcome to all. 
These sexuality oaths are drawing a clear line in the sand, showing us who you truly welcome, which is by no means all. Senior Pastor Heath Lambert defended the statement against these allegations, emphasizing that the statement does not solely condemn homosexuality, but all sins regarding sexuality. Quote, It is not that we are any less sinful than anybody out there in Jacksonville. It's not that we are any better than anybody who thinks our statement is a joke, Lambert said. It's that we have come to confess our sin instead of looking at the Bible and railing against what the Bible has to say about sexual sin. We've said, God, you're right and I am wrong. Will you please forgive me and then you wash me in the blood of Jesus? By faith, we are not better, but by faith, we are saved. Lambert previously offered a lengthy defense of the statement on the church's website back when it was first approved. In the defense, he specifically targeted LGBTQ critics who vehemently opposed the statement. Quote, We want to welcome you as we were welcomed. If you need help, we would love to serve you. If you would like to come and worship with us, you are always welcome to be a part of what we are doing. Of course, when you come, we will ask you to respect our beliefs just as you want us to respect yours. But if you do come, we will welcome you, pray with you, serve you, and love you. We will also probably say some things that will challenge you. That's okay. Real love can handle disagreement, he wrote. Lambert closed. If we ever give us the chance, we will be happy to welcome you. We will do that, not because we agree about sexuality, but because we believe everything the Bible says about loving your neighbor, and we really think it's possible to disagree without being hateful. The full open mic forum is available for viewing on the church's Facebook account. Quote, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Matthew 5.44 Next, you'll soon be able to talk to dead relatives in the metaverse after chat GPT breakthrough. The chat GPT setup that will allow you to speak to your dead relatives have been revealed. Sooner than later, you can engage in dialogue with the digital likeness of your loved ones. If you save your voice, movement patterns, and personality traits onto Artur Saikov's Live Forever mode, an AI chatbot will allow your surviving relatives to have a conversation with you in the metaverse after your death. Vice said, Saikov works for metaverse creators Somnium Space, and his project is aimed at allowing grieving humans to engage with their loved ones in a realistic way after they die. His inspiration was the death of his father, and advancing tech means about five years from now, it will be normal for these VR robots to mimic conversing with a person of interest. He said, quote, The AI is progressing extremely fast. Honestly, it is progressing faster than even we anticipated. Somnium Space is active on virtual reality headsets already, and users can dive deep into the 3D world. Artific, a user of the Somnium Space Metaverse, was the one who actually put ChatGPT in play within the virtual world. 
This user used to work within data science and was hesitant about AI, but was ultimately in awe of its capabilities, including the chatbot, Vice said. In the metaverse, he asked the chatbot what the best way to embed it into the digital space was, and it answered with a blueprint that Artifact was able to perfect and make a reality. They aren't perfected yet, but the robots do have a sort of short-term memory. Artifact explained, quote, If you leave this world and you come back, she will still remember what you talked about. Of course, there's a lot of progress that still needs to be done, but it already works like that. The robot was able to describe Artifact's avatar, telling him, Your avatar looks absolutely amazing. You look fashionable. Sykoff said in the virtual world, the AI are in a more favorable environment to learn from, as it also has a grand amount of data available to it while the machine learns live. Quote, It's a perfect condition for AI because it can learn from every digital object instantly. In order for them to learn well enough to render a conversation with a dead relative, the data recordings have to be properly stored, a process that the two have not yet figured out. Still, the capabilities go far beyond making chat GPT act as a psychic medium. You can alter the personality to be sweet or salty. In the near future, people will be able to speak a question to the bots, say, to complete a task such as building or painting a wall, and they will hop to it. No digital request necessary. Quote, This is not decades away, Sykov said. Expect to see this command on the metaverse in the next two years. Maybe it's even faster. Quote, Many will be confronted by the spirits of devils personating beloved relatives or friends and declaring the most dangerous heresies. These visitants will appeal to our tenderest sympathies and will work miracles to sustain their pretensions. We must be prepared to withstand them with the Bible truth that the dead know not anything and that they who thus appear are the spirits of devils. Great Controversy, page 560. Unfortunately, our time is up. Remember, there are more prophetic intelligence briefings on our website at ktfnews.com. It's been a great pleasure to spend this time with you. I hope you have been encouraged to live for Jesus, for we are near the end. Remember that God has a plan for your life and that right now you can make a new start with Jesus. Thank you for your prayers and support. And until next time, may God bless and keep you and your family in His loving and protecting care. Keep the faith.